0: We have a fascinating look today at how a jury came to a decision along racial lines in the case of a white jail guard accused of beating an African-American jail inmate, a promise by Cuyahoga County to make sure lawyers can talk to their clients in the jail, and a proposal to force teens to wait a bit longer to get their driver licenses. This is The Wake Up from Cleveland.com for Wednesday, October 30th. I'm Chris Quinn. A Cuyahoga County jury voted along racial lines when it acquitted a white jail officer of beating an African-American inmate. For a story publishing this morning on Cleveland.com, jury foreperson Pam Turner told reporter Adam Farise that 11 white jurors voted for a not guilty verdict against Cuyahoga County Jail Officer John Wilson. The lone black juror held out for a guilty verdict after nearly three full days of deliberation. But Turner said she did not believe race played a factor in the jury's decision. The jury deadlocked on the most serious charges against Wilson, a second-degree felony count of felonious assault, and a first-degree misdemeanor charge of interfering with civil rights. The Ohio Attorney General's Office says it will seek another trial for those charges. Prosecutors argued at trial that Wilson, on February 8th of last year, slammed inmate Joshua Castleberry to the ground. Castleberry's teeth were knocked out and one lodged in his nasal cavity, according to the case prosecutors made. Cuyahoga County intends to improve attorney access for jail inmates after the county public defender, Mark Stanton, told the county council that inmates' limited access to attorney visitation is a daily constitutional violation. Stanton said visiting hours are restricted to six hours on weekdays and three and a half hours on Saturdays, with no hours during the evening or on Sundays. The county says it will expand visiting hours on weekends and do a better job informing attorneys of when they can visit, The county also will provide lawyers with the phone number to call when they cannot get to their clients. Public Safety Committee Chair Michael Gallagher asked the county's Chief of Staff, Bill Mason, to provide the plan for correcting this problem within three weeks. Ten years ago this week, Cleveland police found two decomposing bodies on the third floor of an Imperial Avenue duplex, a discovery that would unravel one of the most shocking series of crimes in city history. What emerged in the weeks and months that followed was the story of a serial killer hiding in plain sight in an East Side neighborhood that had no idea what was happening behind closed doors. In the end, police found the decomposing bodies of 10 women, Anthony Sowell's victims, all women, were vulnerable and addicted to drugs. They lived on the fringes of a society that ignores such residents. Some of their families had reported their loved ones missing, while other families had lost track of them. In a story on Cleveland.com, reporter Eric Isaac explains that the Soell story ultimately became much larger than just his deeds. It highlighted deficiencies in the way police investigated sex crimes and missing persons, as his living victims had encounters with police that were not always taken seriously. Cleveland has paid out more than $1.3 million to victims and their families to settle lawsuits over how detectives handled accusations against Sowell before his arrest. He is on Ohio's death row, awaiting the outcome of his appeals. Ohio teenagers would have to wait another six months to get their driver licenses under a bill recommended for passage by an Ohio House committee on Tuesday, The bill would raise the minimum age to get a probationary driver's license from 16 to 16 and a half. It would maintain the current eligibility age of 15 and a half for a learner's permit, but teens would have to hold that permit for a year before getting a license. A new driver could still bypass the probationary license process once they turn 18 under the proposed new law. The three-day Cleveland Rising Summit kicked off Tuesday by asking hundreds of participants to dream up what they'd like to see in Cleveland by 2030. The list of ideas were varied, including a cleaner Lake Erie, high-speed transportation to regional cities, and more affordable and accessible health care. But several themes arose repeatedly. They were education, workforce training, public transportation, and economic inclusion. While Monday was a day for dreaming, participants today have a bigger challenge. They will begin talking about specific goals for solving Cleveland's problems by the year 2030. Few would argue the Beatles' role as the most influential band of all time, but what other bands have made a lasting impact in the years since? In his latest exploration, Cleveland.com's Troy Smith identifies the 100 most important bands to come along since the Beatles, Number five is The Who. Number four is Led Zeppelin. Number three, The Rolling Stones. Number two, The Velvet Underground. If you want to know who tops the list, you'll have to read Troy's take. You can find it at tinyurl.com slash TroyTop100. It's hard to believe that ten years have passed since the So Well story broke. Cleveland has had some truly horrific stories over the past decade. So well, Ariel Castro's imprisoning of three women, and perhaps the worst day in city history five years ago when police shot and killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice. That's why Cleveland Rising is so important. It's a gathering that is about finding solutions and overcoming despair. Come back tomorrow for the latest edition of The Wake Up for an update of where Cleveland Rising is taking us.